There you are. Good morning. Sorry, multitasking, sir. It's great to see you all here today. Oh, thank you, Paul. So this morning we're looking at, we're doing a building update, okay? Good. We're doing it anyway. Um, as you said at the start of the year, we're doing them monthly. Um, and we last did an update, it was only three weeks ago. In some ways it's only three weeks ago, but in some weeks it's three weeks already since we did Vision Sunday. Time goes fast, doesn't it? And I want to expand it slightly because, as we said, this isn't just about putting a new building on the site of 323, is it? Because this whole journey is about us, the people, us as a people being transformed, yeah? And just as that new building on the 323 site will be different from the former building, so we've been called as a people and as a church to be different from the one that left in 2014, haven't we? Okay, so if we can start with a, a recap of Vision Sunday, as I said, it's already three weeks ago, and this will either be a recap, or if you weren't here, then this will be edited highlights. Um, we said, didn't we, that the vision was, Warsaw will be saved, yeah? And if it helps to remember, the vision is always the why we are doing what we're doing, so vision is the why. And where does that come from? 1 Timothy 2 verse 4. God our Saviour, verse 4, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That can be a bit difficult to comprehend, can't it? A whole town being saved. A whole town, a whole borough being saved. But if you know the story of Jonah, yeah, you read that everyone in the city, the great city of Nineveh, turned to God. Yeah? So there's precedence. This isn't just pulled out of the air, there's precedence. But even if you've got the story in Nineveh and the example from that, the other thing is though, us folks here, a hundred or so people gathered here, we don't know everybody in Warsaw, do we? No. Not even if you're the most avid Facebooker, Twitterer, um, with all your friends and connections on there. I'm guessing if we add it up, would we know 5% of the overall population of Warsaw? I doubt it. I doubt if we'd even know that. 5%. And that's why, as a church, we join with other churches under the Love, Love Warsaw banner. Yeah? And why we join with the wider Love Black Country banner as well. Because we alone at Junction 10 cannot reach the whole of Warsaw. Even with a building that seats 1,000, we're not going to get the population of Warsaw in there. So that's why we work together and partner together and look to build relationships with other churches. And why we can only be responsible for our part of telling people that we're connected with about Jesus. And we'll pick that theme up a little bit later. So that was the vision. We then said the mission, if the vision's the why, the mission is the how. And as we said many times, the mission that we've been given as a church is to build community with Jesus at the centre. Yeah? You're thinking, I know this, I know this. And we said there's four steps to achieving that. Firstly, knowing God. So that's an initial response, but it doesn't stop there, does it? Because we all need to know him more and more each day. When we look at Hebrews, we said about we need to grow from babes in, in our faith, babies in our faith, on milk to solid food. And we do that as we learn about God. 
And if we don't, we just get a very, very limited understanding. For example, if you've come to know Jesus because he healed you, you've learned that God's a healing God. But if you don't get to know any more about him, if you become sick again, or you pray for someone else and they don't seemingly become healed, what do you do then? Because that's all you know. So we all need to know God more and more each day. Whether you've been a Christian for seven days or 70 years, we all need to know God. We need to find freedom, recognizing that having known God, that we are free from all things, trusting God in all areas of our lives, opening our lives up completely to him, turning to God in every circumstance. You know, we're not promised exemption from trials of life. We still have issues with employment, relationships, health, finance. Does it sometimes feel like the list could go on and on and on? But this is about being with God, isn't it? Being an adopted son, an adopted daughter, knowing God's in control, we can rely on him and we don't have to face our situations in life alone. Next one was discover purpose. Uh, and let's, let's be really clear, we're not saying that you have to find freedom and get everything sorted, get that previous point cracked and, and all done before moving on to discovering purpose. You can start to discover purpose while finding freedom. It's not as though we have to get everything sorted, is it? If that were the case, I'll sit down now and we better go home. Because none of us have got it sorted, have we? What we do believe is that in the discovering purpose, it's starting to do. That should come from the passion that's in us to serve in the response to what God's done in our lives. It shouldn't come as that sense of duty. It shouldn't come because we're doing stuff to prove a point or because we've been told to. If that's the case, have we really found freedom? If you're doing stuff because it's expected, you need to break free from that. What's your calling? How can you use your unique God-given talents? How do you start doing? And if you're doing that, you'll make a difference. Because if you know God, if you've found the freedom that brings, and if you're filling his purpose in your life, you know what? You won't be able to help but make a difference in the lives of others around you, in our communities. You know, don't you long sometimes for, for even your shadow to make a difference? Yeah? Acts 5, we read about Peter's shadow and how the sick were brought out so that even his shadow would touch them and they'd be healed. Actively serving, impacting the lives of others. Why are we doing it? Well, because we're building a community with Jesus at the centre. But to see that happen, each one of us, each one of us needs to put Jesus at the centre of our lives, don't we? Because we are the living stones. We said that we need to start building church back on the Allenwell before we have a church building. Before we have the Allenwell Resource Centre. So it's obvious why we need the building. So that we, we, we are a church there and it's obvious in five years' time when it's built why we needed that building. And we'll move in, not as we are now, but we'll move in with the people that we've connected with or reconnected with in that area. We said, didn't we, the YMCA are willing to open a nursery on the Allenwell before the building is up, if a suitable space can be found. And Kev's had a meeting this week with the Bible College about partnering with them. And they too are looking at what could happen before the building is completed. Can I ask you to continue praying? We're in the month of prayer, and this has been covered in some of the prayer points. But continue praying that the correct partners to be confirmed for us, please. 
as we look to re-establish his presence on the Allenwell, on the estate. We've had conversations, thoughts have turned to St. John's Church, which is on the Allenwell. And we've recently learned that they're getting a new minister starting in August. So again, can we pray for her? She's coming in and taking over the church there. Can you pray that we have the good connections being forged with, with a new leader in that church? I heard about a church in Bristol this week. It was featured on a program that I'd recorded over the Easter period called Britain's Easter Story. Anybody watch it? See it? It was with Gareth Malone and the, uh, well, the, the woman who leads the kingdom choir, the ones who sang at Harry and Meghan's wedding. I finally got around to watching this, this week from Easter. And the, it featured a church, a Methodist church called The New Room. Quite a trendy name, isn't it? The New Room. And it's been, it was built to provide education opportunities for the poorest folks in society, children and adults. It was built to provide a food bank to the poor. It was built to be a place where the community gathers for festivals and celebrations. And they, they move the seats out to be able to fit more people in so that everyone can be welcomed and can have equal value. And I watched it and I thought, well, that's what, what we want to do with the ark, isn't it? That's what we want to do with our building. We want it to be a place that's welcoming. We want it to be a place where people come. And we've said about the education for the food bank. The thing is, though, the new room opened in 1739. It was the vision of Charles Wesley. And we can't really go and talk to them and learn from their experiences, can we? But think about it. Just stop for a minute. Think about the impact that Charles and John Wesley had. You know, some argue that their preaching around this nation prevented an English revolution like they had in France. They saw the church was more than just a place to meet for services. And that's what we're being led to at Junction 10. Does the potential impact of that building excite you? If you think of it like that. And that's why we need to be building community with Jesus at the centre. Because that's the church that... That's the church, us as a people, that have been called to inhabit the ark. If we could just put the first video on, please. You've seen it before, haven't you? Yeah, we've paid for it. We're going to use it. <laughs> but that's a very quick recap of the mission and, and the vision. And just a very brief update of some of the activity that's going on week by week. 
Moving on to, to the giving side of it, I'm, I'm afraid I don't have an update on the figures that we showed you on Vision Sunday. That's the slide that we showed you three weeks ago. Uh, I'm not sure if the number of regular givers has increased or not. But what I do know is that on the 23rd of June, someone put a check for £2,000 into the offering. Thank you. Thank you. But can I just check us there? £2,000, that's an amazing gift. It's really generous. And we've said that we've all got to play a part. We've all got to do our part in putting the building on, in being obedient in this building project. And I hear that somebody's given £2,000, and I'm like, wow, thank you, God. But then there's that little part of me, and it might just be me, and if it is, you can sort me out afterwards. But there's a little part of me that thinks, bro, I can't write a check for £2,000. I can't write a check for 2000 Well, I could, but you won't get the money. <laughs> and actually, when I look at what I can give, it looks tiny in comparison. But there's a story in the Bible, isn't there, in, in the books of Mark and Luke, the widow's might or, or the widow's offering. And rich people, we read in the Bible, were throwing large amounts into the offering when the poor widow came up and put two small copper coins into the offering. Jesus' response was, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave us of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put everything, all she had to live on. £2,000 on the 23rd of June, a blessing, massive blessing. Encouragement, and I don't know who gave it. If you're here today and you gave it, thank you. I've no idea who did it, so... Please, as we just look at this bit, rest assured, I'm not comparing you to the rich people in the story at all. This is just for illustration. £2,000 is a lot of money, isn't it? But actually, it could have been 50% of what that person could have given. I'm sure it wasn't. Just bear with me on this. Someone else could have put in 100% of what they could give. That being £10. What would Jesus say about what we each one had given if the 2000 was 50% of what could have been and the £10 was 100% of what could have been given? We've all got to play our part, yeah? Some can give more financially. Some can't. We've all got to play our part, do our bit in this building project. If you were here last week, you'd have heard a great message from Will about money and giving. And if you weren't here, have a listen to the podcast. And there was an encouragement to start tithing, giving the 10% to God. And I repeat what Will said. We don't want anyone to feel under any pressure to give. That's between you and God, really. And to repeat, we as elders, trustees, do not know who gives what. But we would encourage you to give, to tithe, because there's a blessing when you do. And as Will said, God can somehow do more with a 90% than we can with a 100. But the reality may be that you sat here this morning thinking, actually, once my essentials have been paid for, I ain't got 10% left to give. I ain't got 10% left of my income to live on, let alone give. And this is really where it comes down to an individual decision, individual choice. We're all different. We've all got different views on money. Some of us would struggle to be in a job where you don't know that you got a guaranteed next paycheck. Some people are quite happy 
to go out and not know what they're going to earn at the end of the day. Would you agree we're all different on that? Yeah? And if you're in a situation where actually once you've paid for the bills and there's less than 10% left, first thing, are all the outgoings essential? Is there something that you could cook back and joyfully give using that to tithe? Alternatively, do you tithe first and trust God to meet the bills? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that you should do that this morning. I'm not saying that you should do that unless you've been told by God specifically to do so. Because I was in a church and you'd open up to see the Bible reading or the song for the day and the gas bill would pop out at you. Or the lady had put a council tax bill in the Bible. And he's like, you could say that maybe you've been prompted by God because you picked that Bible up to do it, but I think sometimes you have to use what's called common sense, don't we? The gift of common sense. Maybe if that's a situation, tithe on, on what's left after the essentials are met. Maybe that situation's an indicator that actually there's some work to do on finances. And as Will said last week, if, you, if you've got debt problems... The last thing we'd want to do is to add because you feel that you've got to give and get into more debt because it does happen. We want people to be free from debt, don't we? That's one of the freedoms. Yeah. And if you're in that situation and finance is a problem, come and speak to us because we can point you in the direction of people who specialise in debt counselling and debt management. But as... Just going to the other end of the scale. If you can give above 10% and don't, is it time to review your giving? It's often said about giving and tithing that it's not what we give, it's what we keep back. And it's another part where we all need to be obedient in, in that. And just before I move on to the last part of this update, uh, the talent challenge. I don't know whether you caught the first point that I drew out of the, the parable of the talents was what we have isn't ours. We're stewards of it and we've got to use it, but it's not ours. Wool's first point last week was what we have isn't ours. We are just stewards of it. And in talking on Wednesday night, Rach reminded me of the word that was given at the half night of prayer we did at Bass Street. I think it was a couple of years ago now. The word from 2 Kings 4 about the widow's olive oil. The widow told Elisha, that her dead husband's creditor was coming to take her two boys away, her slaves. And Elijah asked her what she had. Nothing except a small jar of olive oil. Elijah told her to get jars from her neighbours and to start pouring the oil into them. The jars kept coming, the oil kept pouring, and it only stopped when there were no more jars. Three times we've had the message, what we have isn't ours, we're stewards, we're to use what we've been given. And that leads us on to the Talents Challenge. If you can watch the screen again. Okay. And as I said last week, and as we heard, it's really encouraging to hear how people have started to think about raising money for this venture. You know, we've had one firm proposal in so far which we talked about on, 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 um, on Wednesday, one firm proposal. Um, we've got the picture that Michelle did. 
which if you want if you want to make an offer it currently stands at 20 pounds we won't go into an auction now but if you do want to see want to make an offer on that um we'll we'll close it next week i think but it's 20 pounds at the moment so if you do want to come and see me afterwards on that and it's it's really encouraging to hear what people are talking about sponsored runs putting on a concert buying and selling stuff wheeling and dealing sponsored walks barbecues for neighbors getting the ukulele group involved with stuff cake sales tabletop sales junction 10 travel mugs art commissions and sales the fundraising ideas are coming and they're great Braxa, this talent challenge is more than just raising funds it says on the application form go out and use your talents to glorify god serve the common good and further god's kingdom because this is about us being the living stones isn't it it's about using our talents to see a return on the monetary talent that we've been given but also it's about telling the story of god's grace to us at junction 10 and what jesus is going to do to those family and friends who aren't part of this community yet the lives that are going to be transformed we believe that the talents challenge it's not just fundraising it's missional yeah it's evangelistic it's a chance to reach out to people it's a chance to tell the story now to get people outside the junction 10 to sponsor to buy stuff show them that video you say we paid for it it's going to be used show it put links on 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 pieces of paper to it on the sponsor forms or or promotional stuff you know because people who actually may not have any time or any desire to give money towards a church building they may just be willing to give something towards something that doesn't necessarily look like a church from the outside if they know that it's for the benefit of the community that's the reality of the world that we live in actually if we're saying we're not just looking for a nice place for us to gather together on a Sunday or during the week but we want a building that makes a difference people just may be prepared to give to that do you want to see a new video okay roll VT
good, aren't they? We need to reach out, yeah? We need to look outside Junction 10 for the money, not just internally. And very practically, on the application form, when you take one and you're looking to fill it in, it asks you for the investment required. So put the sum of money in there that you're, asking, that you're looking for, you're asking for. And in the next section, the investment idea, yes, outline what the idea is, but also include what the investment's for. What's that money going to be spent on? Yeah? Oh, we're not sure about that. You know, we've got to be good stewards with this. We've been obedient, but we've got to be good stewards. And bear in mind, too, that that, mini- that initial outlay, that's the minimum that we expect back. So I've spoken to Justine, and the £3,000 requested for a new cooker for the cake sale, I'm afraid he's off the table, Justine. <laughs> uh, is that okay? I've made a unilateral decision on that one. Because you're not going to make £3,000 back on cakes, are you? Unless you're Mr. Griggs. Somewhere on the form too, please include how the idea is going to further God's kingdom. For example, top of my head I came up with this. I'd like £50 to buy car cleaning stuff. And I can get some air fresheners made up, which say the church on Junction 10, they have a Bible verse, He's got the address so they can watch the video. I don't know whether I can or not. It's just, just an idea. And if I wash 50 cars at £3 each, from that initial £50 investment, I can add £100 to the building fund. You get it? Yeah? Be inspired. Use the talents that you've been given. We're all different. We've all got the different talents. Use what you've been given. To not just raise money, but actually to make a difference in the community around us. Yeah? To reach out to the people that wouldn't necessarily want anything to do with the church. But they see that passion because people respond to passion, don't they? People see the passion of your activities, your ideas. And look and think, actually, I could get involved with that. I'm not sure about this church stuff, but I'm okay with giving something to people who need to be educated. Or giving something to childcare, and just watch what God uses with that, does with that, yeah? You see how God can use that initial, well, I'll give to that, but not that. See how God can turn that around. I'm going to hand over to Kev now. We're going to go into a time of prayer. If the band can come back and just lead us in a song, and then Kev's just going to take us into a time of prayer.